This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Nightlight has partnered with Fan Roll Dice by Metallic Dice Games to offer an exclusive discount on one of their gorgeous dice sets that we've fallen in love with because of their satisfying weight and, let's just be honest, sparklies not to mention their impeccably constructed dice accessories. In one word, velvet. Visit fanrolldice.com, that's F-A-N-R-O-L-L-D-I-C-E dot com, and use our discount code NIGHTLIGHT for 10% off any new additions to your dice hoard. A portion of your purchase will come back to us and help support our shows. So go to fanrolldice.com with the discount code NIGHTLIGHT to get 10% off of any additions to your dice hoard. Hi, I'm Tanya Ransom, creator and executive producer of Nightlight, a horror podcast featuring creepy tales written and performed by Black creatives from all over the world. This is our full cast season finale for season six, featuring haints and hanged men. And I can't thank you all enough for continuing to listen to and support Nightlight. Together, we've paid nearly 100 people to write, voice, or sound design a story. And that is entirely thanks to our supporters. Speaking of supporters, I want to say thanks to Irrational Steampunk for increasing their donation and for that really cool name. You too can enjoy ad-free episodes and help us pay a living wage to everyone who works to bring these stories to you. We're still working to recover income lost from Patreon's payment issue, so if you have the means, please pitch in to help us keep this podcast going. Just go to nightlightpod.com legion to join the Nightlight Legion and get a shout-out on the podcast, plus occasional bonus content. You can also make a one-time donation to support us at nightlightpod.com donate. And don't forget, Nightlight merch is available, and you can support us by sporting Nightlight-branded gear. Just go to merch.nightlightpod.com to get your t-shirts, hoodies, notebooks, and more. Now sit back, turn out the lights, and enjoy this full-cast production of The Ballad of the Wayfaring Stranger and the Dead Man's Whore, written by Sean Demery. Red Lantern In a small, quiet house near a large, quiet graveyard, the dead man's whore puts out her red lantern. It's Friday, after all. The eagle's flying and old habits are hard to break. The dead man's whore looks at herself in the mirror, sees sea glass irises nearly swallowed whole by eight-balled pupils. She brushes rouge over gray cheeks, traces cold blue lips with hot red lipstick, and smiles bearing long, strong teeth at a world that needs gnawing every now and again. She hasn't aged since the haint took her. She's gotten old and cold and stiff in that time, but she still looks like a flower plucked in her prime. She worries that she may never die. In the Pines She remembers walking through the woods in high summer, 
The jarflies screamed in the still, hot air, and she sang for lack of anything else to do. She couldn't remember where she was going or why, but she could hear the screams grow silent as she began singing the old song. My husband was a railroad man, killed a mile and a half from here. His head was found in a driver's wheel, and his body ain't never been found. As she walked, she felt the shadows grow sharp edges and the sunlight become muted and powdery. Slow creaking and the steady tapping of hail echoed from the woods. She jumped as something landed on her head and fell on the path. She looked down and saw a jar fly, coated in frost and cracked where it lay. The creaking grew louder as she walked, and she could hear whispers from the branches. She sang, because she knew not to stop. Young girl, young girl, where will you go? I'm going where the cold wind blows. In the pines, in the pines, where the sun don't ever shine, I will shiver. The whole night through. She heard a quiet wheeze behind her on the path, smelled old hair oil and rotting meat. She could hear a cold, dry hand scrape over cold, dry stubble, hear it lick its lips. Young girl, young girl, don't lie to me. It said, each word landing like a shovel in wet dirt. Tell me. Where did you sleep last night? And she ran. She left the path, stumbling over twisting exposed roots and slipping on dark, thick patches of moss. Strangled voices from the trees shouted as she passed. She ran deeper into the woods until she reached a tall tree next to a wide, dark creek. The tree's branches bowed under the weight of bound men, heavy black shoes kicking slowly. She turned and saw the hank drum tight gray skin stretching over its face in a pitiless grin, patting back its greasy hair as it walked towards her. She looked at the river, the water suddenly deep and still and clear, body slowly drifted to the surface. The haint scratched its bony, bare chest under its overalls with thick yellow nails, looking down at her. Heard you sing, my darling gal. My crops need tended, my dinner needs cooked. And my bed's so cold, my darling gal. You get on home, my darling gal. She closed her eyes and ran toward the sound of cold water. The creek flowed around her, settling over her head. She felt calm and cold as her vision dimmed, and unbidden, the words drifted through her mind. In the pines, in the pines, where the sun don't ever shine, and I shivered the whole night through. And then she felt a strong hand grab her by the hair and drag her out of the water. Don't you run. There was always work to be done. The haint would slick back its hair with caked, rancid fat, looking itself over in a broken mirror. It would pull on split, stained work boots, put a gunny sack over its shoulder, tie a black ribbon around her neck. I'm going down the mountain, it would say as it left. Don't wait up. Don't you run. 
And as it went down the mountain, she sang and she worked. She sang and tended the Haint's garden of hanged men. She'd cut down the ripest ones, strip them down, break out gold teeth and pry dollar coins from their fingers. Once she stripped the bodies clean, she would drag them to the pit behind the Haint's weather-beaten shack and tip them in, one by one. She tried to run the first time she'd had to tend the garden of hanged men. Screech owls shook their heads at her, and the willows whipped her back until she turned around. Once a week, when the pit got too full, she sang and burned it down. She sat near the flames, pushing the hanged men back in as they tried to pull themselves out. She'd learned to break their fingers before they went into the pit, so they wouldn't grab at her clothes. She tried to run the first time she had to burn down the corpse pit. Thorns tore at her arms and legs to the bone, and hail pelted her until she turned around. She sang and tended the rocky patch near the shed, clawing twisted blackened roots from the ground and dusting off powdery toadstools. She sang and fed the flat-eyed croaking chickens and tossed scraps from the pit to the Haint's flat-headed black hog, singing as it bellowed and rooted in the mud. She sang and she worked. She sang the Knoxville Girl and Down in a Willow Garden. She sang In the Pines and Dark as a Dungeon. She sang Take the News to Mother and Love Henry and waited to hear the jar flies stop screaming and listened for the Haint's heavy footsteps as it dragged another dead man up the mountain. She sang as it gnawed roots and dirt at the rough table. She sang as she washed its feet in cold, dark water pulled from a brackish well. She sang as she laid down to sleep and as it crawled into bed next to her. When he put one hand lightly over her mouth and the other lightly over her throat and watched her breathe, she stopped singing. Breathe. She never felt warm. She didn't notice it at first. Clouds always hung low over the mountain and the wind always smelled like a cold October rainstorm. The days went from late fall to early winter and back again, and she never saw the sun. Her gums turned blue, and her nails turned blue, and she sang and worked. She stopped bleeding. She didn't notice it at first. Not until one of the Haint's chickens snagged at her arm with a talon, croaking and hissing its victory before she wrung its neck. The wound flapped open, weeping sluggishly until she sewed it shut with kitchen thread. She forgot to breathe sometimes. She didn't notice it at first. She decided to rebel in a small way, to stay silent as she tended the Hank's garden, and to stare down the screech owls. One of the dead men leered at her, licked his lips and shook his hips, and she tried to joke back at him, but could only croak and gurgle until she gasped down a few breaths. She went back to the cabin as the dead men hacked and coughed mocking laughter behind her. She hadn't looked in the mirror since the Hank had taken her. She looked. She saw. She saw blue lips and pale blue eyes, pupils as big as dimes. She saw pale, pale skin. Saw the rope burn where the Haint's ribbon sat. She saw the ragged gash on her arm lashed shut with twine. She thought about trying to scream, but she didn't want to have to breathe. You got a man at home? I'm going down the mountain, the Haint said. Don't you wait up. The Haint stopped telling her not to run. The dead girl had made her peace. 
Afternoons, after feeding the hateful chickens and selling hog and burning down the corpse pit, she would sit on the porch of the Haint's weather-beaten shack and listen to the jar flies scream while sewing dresses from scraps of dead men's clothes. She would float in a still, dark pond near the shack and sink to the bottom, sitting with her eyes open for one minute, two minutes, five minutes, until the drowning came over her. Her heart would begin a lurching, shuffle-step beat, and she would rise, gasping for air and looking at her reflection in the water, pale and slightly bloated, like a dead girl fished from cold water. Floating in the pond one long, cold afternoon, feeling her fingers go numb, the dead girl heard a man whistling in the distance. When she was alive, the dead girl could always tell the whistling of the men back from the mines, with their paychecks still whole and the crushing earth off of their shoulders. They sounded quick and free. Quick and free didn't belong here. The dead girl pulled herself free of the water. She could feel the man's warmth, smell the blood in his veins. She wanted to crack his finger bones open between her teeth and suck out the marrow. The man looked like the sun to the dead girl, dressed in a road-worn pinstripe suit and a slouch hat with a blue jay feather in the band. His skin was very dark, and his smile was wide and white. The dead girl saw the shape of a guitar in the burlap sack that the man carried like the only real thing in the world. She swayed in front of him, moaning low in her throat as some stray breath slipped free. Afternoon, miss, he said, still smiling as he tipped his hat. Good day for a swim. He looked her up and down, eyes slowing before they came to her face. She smiled despite herself, nodding along with him. The man tipped his hat back. That's enough to brighten any day. You got a name, miss? She remembered to breathe. Dead girl she said, letting the rest of the breath out with a hiss. Well, dead girl, I'm just a poor wayfaring stranger. You got a man at home? The wayfaring stranger smiled and ducked his head. The dead girl knew this dance, knew that it ended with one more dead man in the pit and didn't care. She'd take a few moments of sun and then split his head and crack his fingers before the Hank got to him. It'd be a kindness. Got a Hank? The dead girl said, Hank's down the mountain. It'll be back. The wayfaring stranger began to walk down the path to the Hank's shack. I would surely appreciate a drink and a place to sit before I head back down the trail. He winked. I'll tell you my story. Keep you company until your Hank comes back. The wayfaring stranger began to sing as he walked down the path. Kiss me, mother, kiss your darling. Lay my head upon your breast. He sang in a strong, sweet voice. Throw your loving arms around me. I am weary, let me rest. The dead girl sang along. Through the years you've always loved me And my life you've tried to save But now I shall slumber sweetly 
in a deep and lonely grave. The wayfaring stranger laughed and kept singing. He left no footprints and cast no shadow. The dead girl wasn't surprised. Life of Leisure I was walking back from playing a dance. The wayfaring stranger said, idly strumming the guitar. Had money in my pocket, liquor in my belly, and a warm bed calling just down the road. No one to share the bed with but a flea or two. But a warm bed's hard to ignore. The dead girl brought the wayfaring stranger back to the Haint shack. She drew some cold, bitter water for him to drink and sat on the porch with him. She brushed her long, dark hair and listened to the warmth in his voice. Got no meat that's fit for you, she told him. Might kill a chicken for you, Hank says. Otherwise, we'll tip you in the pit. I'll take my chance, miss, the wayfaring stranger had said, taking a long drink of water and wincing at the cold. I'm a lucky kind of fella. His hands rasped as he stroked the sides of his old, battered guitar. He told her the guitar's story pointing to this chip where a jealous boyfriend straight razor had almost cut him and that hole from some stray buckshot. She'd watched his hands, imagined the calluses crushed between her molars, and then the feel of that rough warmth on her face. She smiled a little, feeling the warmth stagger slowly down her neck and across her shoulders. Life of leisure suits you, dead girl. The wayfaring stranger said with a sly smile as he sat down to play. You've got some color in your cheeks. The dead girl turned away to brush her long, dark hair. She smiled as her blush curdled into old bruises. The wayfaring stranger kept playing, looking away as the pink turned to black and purple. Anyhow, I was walking. Girl pops up from behind a tree. Sweet little thing. More curves than a bag of snakes on a hot day. <laughs> Dressed tight and short and not meant for outdoors. She crooks a finger to me, the way that sort of girl can do, and... Copper flashed in his hand as he drew out an old penny, worn and twisted from a freight train's wheels. He held the coin in his left hand and let it run up and down the strings, letting the notes lilt and rasp, twist and turn until the dead girl could almost hear words. Come on over to me, guitar man, she says, just like that. The wayfaring stranger closed his eyes, fingers drifting over the strings. You leave that guitar alone, run your fingers up and down me. I keep you fed, keep you warm and wet. Come on over, guitar man. He opened his eyes, looked at the dead girl with an eyebrow cocked. Not often a man looks like me gets that sort of call. Prettier man, sure, but not a man looks like me. The dead girl knew that he was waiting for her to speak up. She might have said something when she was alive, but it didn't seem worth the time. He nodded, chuckled slightly and kept playing. Anyhow, I took a good, long look at her, as you do, and I saw something. The smooth, curving notes became ragged and wretched, hissing and grinding against each other. You know, that girl didn't have a shadow. Looked like something between a snake and a rat hiding there, cocking its hip and crooking its claws at me. The wayfaring stranger began playing again, a walking tune that spoke to the dead girl of warm nights under open skies. I keep an eye on the girl and not on the thing moving her around, and I say, sorry ma'am, but I've got a wife and five children waiting for me at home, and I'm a deacon, and an odd fella. Can't be seen with the likes of you, begging your pardon. And off I walked, not looking back. 
The dead girl could feel the warm night air, hear the thing curse and fume in the trees, and see fireflies scrawl sigils of triumph in the night as the wayfaring stranger told his story. She felt a laugh building in her, making her throat twitch and her belly flutter as she breathed in, letting it clatter out of her mouth like stones thrown on a wood floor. Anyhow, I keep walking, the wayfaring stranger said, the music slowing, meandering, and turning in on itself. Didn't look like the path I'd walked before, but I knew that I'd best keep walking if I wanted to get anywhere near home. I hear someone playing up ahead, strong, angry. He began playing up and down the neck of the guitar, notes cracking and ringing off of each other. The dead girl listened to the jarfly scream, touched the bruises along her neck and cheeks. I won't break those fingers when I throw them into the pit, she thought to herself. He can keep those hands. The wayfaring stranger watched her, eyes narrowing for a second, and then began to play quick, harsh chords. I saw a black man sitting on a burned stump. Not black like me, you understand. Black like tar on a moonless night. Black eyes, black teeth, black hair, black tongue, black suit, black shirt, black ribbon tie. He's playing a guitar that colors sweet, dark coffee, and it just sings. The slide flickered in his hand again, and the notes began to twist and sob, making the jar flies whisper. I can see that you play, boy, the black man says, black smoke curling out of his mouth with every word. You come on over here, play me a song, and I'll give you this guitar here. Make the world stand up and take notice with every note. Come on over, boy. The wayfaring stranger began playing simple, unadorned chords, listening to them drift out over the hills. He patted the guitar idly as he played. Can't lie, it sounded like a fine deal. No more passing my hat after a barn dance and finding nothing but a plug nickel and half a cigar. No holes in my shoes, full belly. I'd burn at the end, but I'd been told I'd burn either way. The music stopped and he looked over the hills, eyes gone dim at the thought of another life. He shrugged. Couldn't leave my girl behind. He said, tracing road dust on the side of the guitar before he began to play. Sorry, sir, I told the black man. This guitar ain't mine. I'm just holding it for a friend. And oh, I walked, not looking back. The wayfaring stranger flipped the flattened penny over his knuckles, listening to the jarfly scream. Should have looked back. Next thing I know... That guitar has knocked my head half off and the black man's carving my shadow out with a jackknife. Guess he didn't want to make that third offer. The wayfaring stranger winced as he took another drink. He began to play a slow, stately waltz. I saw that black man walk this way, so I followed. Not much else to do. Nowhere else to go. No way to rest until now. He looked at the dead girl as he began playing the melody. My lady sun is sinking fast My race is nearly run He sang that strong, sweet voice, quieting her hunger. My longest trials now are past My triumph has begun The dead girl began to sing along breath coming as effortlessly as sleep after a long day's work and a hot dinner. Oh, come, angel band, come and around me stand. Oh, bear me away on your snow-white wings to my 
The jar fly stopped screaming, and she could smell rancid, fat, and old hair tonic. Haint's back, the dead girl gasped. Best kill you now. It'll be a kindness. Wait. The wayfaring stranger smiled at her. Just you wait. Fixing to hang. The dead girl felt the wayfaring stranger's warm hand in hers once before he fell. The Hank came roaring up the mountain, dragging a dead man by the heel. What some bitch is sitting on my porch? He howled, and the hanged men gurgled and hissed in the forest behind him. What some bitch is fixing to hang? Somehow, the wayfaring stranger calmed the Hank down. He raised his hand, took off his hat, and began to speak, and the Hank's muscles stopped twitching. He complimented the haint on the dead girl's hospitality and the beauty of his land. And the haint puffed up with pride. He told a dirty joke. And the haint laughed with a black lung rattle that lasted after the laugh ended. When the haint told the dead girl to kill a chicken for the table, she knew that the wayfaring stranger would be dead before sunrise. After the wayfaring stranger ate, the haint sent the dead girl to put on her good dress. She went into the small back room and dressed slowly in the patchwork party dress, hands lingering over denim and black dyed wool as she waited for a dull thud from the main room. The dead girl took the haint straight razor from the top of a rough cut dresser and hid it in a fold of her dress. The dead girl decided that the haint would remember this day, one way or another. When she came back to the room, the haint was sitting eyes half open as the wayfaring stranger played a soft, mournful song. It motioned to the dead girl, and she sat by its seat so it could run long, spidery fingers through her long, dark hair. The dead girl looked at the floor. She'd learned to wait, listening to the haint's nails gouge furrows in its chair and feeling its fingers scrape along her cheek. She felt its fingertips twitch before its hand went slack and listened to the wayfaring stranger's song. Dead girl, dead girl, come away with me. Follow me where the sun shines bright. He sang insistently, the sound of the guitar ebbing and flowing in the room like breath. Move fast, move fast, only take what you need. Can't keep the hang down all night. She looked at the haint and saw its eyes rolled back, its jaw slack. She heard a quiet scrape as the wayfaring stranger stood and looked up at him, saw the care in his eyes as he sang. Saved a man being rolled by a hag every night, gave a drink to the wandering Jew. Helped a girl held down by the serpent's hell. Now I come up this mountain for you. Yes, I come up this mountain for you. And he began to walk, playing softly. The dead girl watched him leave saw the tears in the back of his coat where his shadow had been carved free. 
She sat for a while, her head resting on the haint's thigh. She watched the haint twitch in its sleep like a starving dog on the hunt. Then she stood and walked, hearing crickets in the distance and smelling the warm summer air in the wayfaring stranger's wake. The dead girl walked through the garden of hanged men, listening to them groan and mutter in the darkness. She walked past blackberry brambles with dark thorns, glinting in the night like two penny nails. She walked past her still dark pond and saw black shapes gliding under the water. She walked and listened, hearing a snatch of song or a quiet strumming in the distance, until she saw the wayfaring stranger walking along a narrow path toward the river. The clouds had parted and she could see him look back once and smile, wide and white and relieved. The dead girl heard something tear behind her, snapping and popping in the woods, and she fought not to run. The clouds closed over the moon and the jarfly screamed as the hank came for them. The dead girl could hear strangled voices barking and slurring to each other. She could hear the hank curse and fume, heard heavy ropes snap and sing. She knew that she'd never get away if she ran. The dead girl walked deeper into the woods, stepping over twisting roots and leaping over dark thick patches of moss and listening for gasping sobs, smelling sweat and blood and fear. She found the wayfaring stranger crouched behind a tree, battered and muddy and gloriously alive. She sat beside him, put one cold hand over his warm mouth and held the other hand tight, feeling his pulse stutter and pop in his palm. They hid in the undergrowth as the Hanks' hanged men blundered through, heads flopping loose under burlap sacks, hands reaching out to grab and catch. The dead girl saw the Hank in the distance, a low fire guttering in its palm. You get on home, my darling gal, it said, each word landing like a heavy strap across her shoulders. My crops need tended, my dinner needs cooked, and my bed's so cold. My darling gal, you get on home. Leave that other one to me. The dead girl pointed to the path and stood as the hangmen passed. She began to follow them, dragging her feet heavily through the brush. She reached out a cold hand, blundered past one of the hunters and kept moving, looking back to see the wayfaring stranger lurching behind. She kept moving toward the river, listening to the water flowing and waiting to jump. The dead girl heard a stumble, the sound of well-worn shoes moving quickly toward the path, followed by gurgling coughs and guttural bellows. She didn't turn around until she saw the river, refused to look back until she could see that deep, dark water stretch in front of her. When the dead girl turned, she saw the haint watching her, a coal hissing in its palm. It held out its other hand to her. She saw a group of hanged men methodically kicking something that snapped and moaned and bled. Ah, oh, walls forgiven, the haint said, jaws snapping around each word. You get on home, my darling gal. The dead girl closed her eyes and stepped backward toward the sound of cold water. She felt calm and cold as the water closed over her head, and unbidden, the words drifted through her mind. Go down, go down, you Knoxville girl with the dark and rolling eyes. Go down, go down, you Knoxville girl, I'll never be your bride. She floated forever, cold and quiet and alone. 
And then she felt strong, warm hands grab her by the wrists and drag her out of the water. Lonesome. The dead girl heard crickets chirp and frogs rumble in a night filled with stars and a moon that filled the sky with more light than she had ever seen. She remembered dark skin and a wide, white smile that looked like the sun as the wayfaring stranger led her on a path past an old willow tree. He'd escaped with an old trick he said he learned on the road. The wayfaring stranger talked fast, told her the places they'd go and the things they'd do. The dead girl felt the warm air pass her by, smelled night-blooming flowers, and saw the man's unmarred back move down the path. She followed, hiding the haint straight razor behind her back until she could put it to his neck. The dead girl stood close to the shadow, her nose against his ear as she pressed the blade against its throat. She could smell dust and bones and old wine from the wayfaring stranger's shadow. Figured that, huh? It might find a way to keep me around. The shadow said. Only way I can move is if he's not around. Never seems to last. The dead girl led the shadow to the willow tree. The shadow sat, watching her with wide eyes as she sat down beside it, her head on its shoulder and the razor at its throat. Sing me a song and you can run, the dead girl said. It's a beautiful night. Sing to me and I'll let you run. Kiss me, mother, kiss your darling. The shadow sang in a soft, broken voice. Lay my head upon your breast. Throw your loving arms around me. I am weary. Let me rest. The dead girl sang along. Through the years, you've always loved me, and my love, you've tried to save. But now I shall slumber sweetly. In a deep and lonely grave. The dead girl let the shadow run. Its blood was thin and papery. Its flesh tasted like night-blooming flowers. She walked for months after that, never staying in one place long, listening for a clear, sweet voice and watching for a man without a shadow. She rode with truckers and salesmen, keeping her quiet counsel and remembering to breathe and blink at the right time, and to hit hard, bite deep, and keep moving when her blood ran too cold and she needed something warm to tide her over. She walked and wandered until she found a small, quiet house near a big, quiet graveyard and waited, sitting at the window, brushing her long, dark hair and waiting for a friendly word or a moment's company. Her first dead man watched before he bothered to speak. He stared, mouth moving silently, slowly being eaten away by the march of time and his own memories, and he reached out to her for an hour, not daring to touch her. The dead girl watched the dead man and laughed for the first time since before the haint took her. <laughs> Stop gulping and get on in here. It's lonesome. 
She sat with the dead man, listening to his half-forgotten stories and remembering to nod and smile at the right times, and to reach out and brush his arm at the right time. He felt old and worn, musty, like a badly patched coat on a summer morning. He jumped up at that and ran out of the dead girl's small, quiet house that night. He came back the next night, glowing with a younger man's shy bravado. Welcome home, sugar, she said, knowing what the dead man wanted to hear. I've been missing you so much. Evening's Trade The dead man's whore looks out of her window, where the evening's trade lines up, row upon row of the unquiet dead, waiting for a moment's breath, a moment's touch, a moment's flesh. She's become a wealthy woman, learning the secrets of desperate dead men. Bags of cash, passwords, and forgotten promises have kept her very well. The dead man's whore lets the memories flow through her as she opens the door to her small, quiet house. Welcome home, sugar, she says, as the dead man drifts through, eyes locked on the ground and hat in his hand. I've been missing you so much. She watches the ghost's face light up at a lie they both know to be false, and hopes that she never dies. Thanks again to our patrons for supporting this podcast. Because of your support, listeners around the world get creepy tales in their ears every other week. If you want new stories every week, the only way for that to happen is to join the Nightlight Legion by going to nightlightpod.com legion. You can also make a one-time donation via PayPal at nightlightpod.com donate. If you're unable to support us financially, word of mouth is the next best way to help. Written reviews help us the most, so be sure to leave a few kind words on your podcast platform of choice. You can also give us a shout out on your favorite social media at Nightlight Pod or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ransom podcasts or rate us if you're in a hurry. The Dead Girl was narrated by Sheree Stewart. The Wayfaring Stranger was voiced by Tony Capone. And The Haint was narrated by Jarvis Bailey. Audio production for this episode by Jen Zink. Join us in February for our season seven premiere and be sure to leave your nightlight on. You never know who might be tending your garden in the dark. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.